Rolling right along here with the special Grunttober episodes of the Documented Podcast. Now, episode number seven. This was a fun one, guys. And as you can tell by the title, I think I teased it earlier in another episode, Ethan Ugly Giant is back, and I am so glad to have him. You know, the thing about Ethan is that I couldn't have had him on the surrounding game. I couldn't have had him on Rats. I know Ethan, and I know how to get the best out of him. And the way to get the best out of him is to bring him the craziest documentary in terms of paranormal, in terms of aliens, in terms of any of that. That is how I get the best out of Ethan. That is why I brought him on for this episode. Also, one quick thing I want to mention, it's not awful, but it is very noticeable. There were some issues with the audio on my end when it came to the recording, and we naturally didn't notice them until after we had recorded. So, Ethan's going to be a little bit more clear in this episode. I'm going to be a little bit more echoey. I sincerely apologize, something that we can't fix at this juncture because we've already recorded, but it doesn't ruin the episode, so that's good news. And before we get into it again, let me just thank each and every one of you for listening, for liking, for subscribing, for downloading everything that you do to show your support to me, guys. I cannot begin to express how much I appreciate it. Please keep it up. I promise I will continue pumping out content for each and every one of you. So, enough of that. Let's get into the episode. This was a fun one. I'm going to dive in right now. Alright, so, this is... So far, even though there has only been one podcast uh, for the Grunttober celebration, this is so far my favorite one, uh, just based on the topic alone. But I could not do this topic alone because I am here with a special guest. You know him. You love him. You should know him if you don't know him. Ladies and gentlemen, Ethan Ugly Giant Holbert is with us yet again. Howdy, everybody. I had to bring him I'm back. back. Had to bring him back because... Back again with a vengeance. Like last a demon. time he was on... It's funny you say with the vengeance of, of, of a demon. Yeah. Last time segue. he was on was probably one of the craziest documentaries I've watched so far for the podcast. So the bar was set pretty high. Yeah, you had to kind of top it with it. I, I think you did better. This one was at least more interesting than yeah. what... Yeah, well, let's Stan go ahead and jump right into it. Uh, as you know, name of the episode, I mentioned it at the top of the episode. Uh, Demon House is the documentary that I am covering this week. And it was since, also the like fifth season of American Horror Story. The seventh. I'm actually watching the seventh season right now, and it's really good. Does that I'm not really sound like a really good like one for it though? Like the, Demon yeah, House. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. Where Demon like, House. Well, I mean, they already did Murder House. Oh, Murder House. That's yeah, what I'm thinking. But of. it's like this would be a good basis, and we'll we'll get into that as we get into the conversation. This would be, this is a good topic for a movie 
or for like an American Horror Story premise or for an Amazon Prime series or anyway so speaking of Amazon Prime Demon House if you want to watch Demon House it is a prime original it's the only place legally that you can watch it um, I'll let you know if I recommend it or not after we talk about it because yeah. maybe I didn't like it maybe I did I don't know so Demon House is a unique documentary for Ethan and I because it takes place in our home state. Yeah, it's about fellow Hoosiers. Yes, it takes place in Gary, Indiana, which is about three hours from our hometown. Yeah, because we're we're way more south. Yeah, than we're that. mid midwestern. And in, plus, Indiana. let's let's just be real. Like like Gary might as well just be a part of like Chicago. It's, yeah, it's got more in common with Chicago. That actually, it's closer to Chicago than it is Indianapolis. So it's. It's like, like Indianapolis is like a two-hour drive away from it. Like, well, yeah, like we have a friend who lives in a suburb of Chicago, and he goes to Gary all the time. Yeah, and he drives through it. Gary is essentially an unofficial part. Like, it's an unofficial suburb of Chicago. And Gary, fun fact, I don't know if you know this, birthplace of Michael Jackson. I was actually just about to say that. I was like, yeah. the, but the, the pop was born there. Yes. And, but, un- and unfortunately, it left there and then died. The thing about Gary that is uh, pretty well known with local Indiana uh, uh, Hoosiers uh, is that it's, like, way below the poverty line. Yeah, like, like well, I think they even give the statistic in it that, like, it's, it's like, a third of its population is, is like, under the poverty line. And stuff. Yes. It's, it's notoriously known for, for being a very, yeah, like, poor it's, city. It's, it's a very poor city, a very violent city, a lot of gang activity. Yeah, say, like, homicide rates are, like, through the roof on yes. it. So I've only ever driven, like, on the interstate past here, or, like, the highway past it and stuff. And, boy, it, there's there's always, like, some pretty rough-looking places when you drive by and stuff. And yeah, it's it's the epitome of, like, urban strife, yeah. really, if you think about it. Urban decay. Yeah, ur- urban de- – and they even there's just like There's just tons of, like, abandoned buildings everywhere and stuff. I mean, like, hell, like, there's one you can see off of the highway that looks like it was, like, hit by, like, a mortar shell and shit. It's yeah, just like, like – it's, it's just, like, it's insane. It's the Detroit of Indiana, basically. Yeah. I feel like. But anyway – Was it – wait, was it big – was it, like, a big industrial, like – Place yeah. All the time? Okay, okay. Yeah, that's what Gary is known for is the okay. steel mills and stuff. Oh, okay, that's right. That's right. And, then and all that. like factories and yeah. stuff like that. Then um, all that disappeared. So yeah, this uh this this documentary uh takes place in Gary, Indiana. And if it didn't, then why would we be talking about Gary for the last five minutes? Yeah, yeah. Um if you know anything about paranormal, you know the name Zach Bagans. Even if you don't know, I mean, Zach Bagans has pretty much transcended his genre. Yeah. Uh, 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 in terms of paranormal investigating, and he he's like the face of like every like every parody of like a paranormal investigator you can think of. It's always like a parody of him or like what was it? Ghost Hunters were those the guys? Yeah, the, like, like taps or whatever they're called. Yeah, for those of you that don't know, Zach is the the host of Ghost Adventures on on Travel Channel, um, which. When it first started, fantastic show. Mm. Loved it. It's since gone a little downhill. But that's not the point. The point is, uh, Zach Bagans made this documentary. And um, it's based around a house that is, of course, in Gary. That is known as the Indiana Demon House. And being from Indiana, I had heard of this house. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, before it really made national news. And the reason it made national news was in 2014, uh, major shit went down 
with this family. They are known as the Amons family. And there were major cases of possession, uh, like demon activity. Hearing like footsteps and yeah. voices and stuff and but, shadowy figures and whatnot. Yeah. The, the big one that was always reported though was the fact that it was like in the middle of December in Gary, which is super north, so it's fucking snowy and yes. cold and shit. And there were like flies everywhere. Yeah, like dead flies appearing in their their, uh, their porch. Uh, they're 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 boxed in. Yeah, porch. they they had like a, fen- a fenced in porch yeah. there. That's which I think might just be a midwestern thing. I don't know if you see that many other places where you have Poss- a porch that you can walk into and then a house. Possibly, I don't know. But anyway, I've lived here my whole life, so I guess it's it's just common to me. But so then it it made national news in 2014 because that's when the real shit started happening, and Zach Bagans who self-professed top of the field. He's the best ghost hunter around, the best demonologist around, the best... Self-proclaimed leader of the of the paranormal and, and demonology. Which you can't argue that he isn't. I mean, he's certainly like a face for it. He's made a name for himself. He is so. the face when it comes to it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, all joking aside, the confrontational bro hmm. of like, come on, ghost, fucking do shit to me. <laughs> yeah. All joking aside. Hey, demons, you, it's me, ya boy. And so that, like, that's him. You you can't argue with the fact that regardless, Zach Bagans is, whether you agree with him or think he's full of shit or fake, he's the face of like paranormal investigating, basically. He, he always hits me as like, he was the kind of kid that got super into this shit in like middle school. And like, obviously when he got into it, he just didn't progress past that level. So like he dresses like he's still like a middle schooler and stuff, and he kind of yeah. kind of acts like he does and whatnot. Yeah. So it's like Chris Angel too. Like Chris Angel was like, yeah, like he like, got super into magic and like I don't that know what you would call that that aesthetic, but it's like the that that's how they dress, like how Chris Angel dresses, how like Bam Margera dressed, like in the Viva La Bam. Yeah, episodes. it's how it's Zach like Bagans, like black of black affliction shirts, just weird crosses, weird. It's like it's like stuff. emo goth, it's like emoth. Yeah, emoth version, so, but it's anyway, like it's like a light version of it. Like exactly. no, n- neither one of those groups would would accept them. No. So, so basically, Zach Bagans, who is the forerunner of paranormal in- investigating, hears about all this shit going down in Gary, Indiana. Gary, and then he immediately calls the landlord. This is after the people have moved out. The Amons family, yeah, yeah, with the matriarch of the family being a woman by the name of Latoya Amons. Latoya. Um, he basically, without seeing the house, without knowing anything besides what has gone on in this house, he calls the landlord and he's like, I'm buying this house. Yeah, and yeah, the landlord like, sells it to him. Yeah. He's just like, good, I'm ready to get away from this house. Yeah, get rid of it. So the fun fact about this is that this all takes place in 2014. Mm-hmm. So why did the documentary just come out this year? Well, we're going to get into that. Like Zach even says in the very beginning of the episode that the or not of 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 the doc. Sorry, mm. I'm not talking about uh, Ghost Adventures. It's an actual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like doc. a legit like. This yeah. is separate from that. He even talks about at the beginning of the doc. He's like, "This took me three years to get to." Yeah, to... I I actually have it in my notes here. The yeah. first the first two notes I took said this place really fucked Zach up apparently, and then the second one says took him three years to finish this because it apparently nearly killed every single person involved. Yeah, and you. <laughs> 
it's laughable. Like you were even laughing at that. At the oh very yeah, yeah. But then, I was giggling a lot through the whole thing. Like yeah. even when it gets kind of creepy, I was still kind of j- giggling about things. But then you watch it and you see the shit that goes down, and you're like, oh my god, like this is some scary shit. Mm-hmm. They do. They do a very good job. Like this is a very like well made documentary like it's shot very well it's edited very well it's it's got like the creep factor there if if anything zach bagan is like a hell of a show showman like he knows he knows how to how to like edit a good like Like, scary show before we get into the like actual meat and potatoes of the doc i do want to say that is that zach bagan's bravo to you you are and you're an expert filmmaker in my opinion, his, he's very talented. His, like, is... his B-roll is phenomenal. The editing that now he doesn't do the editing, I, I'm sure, but he the people that he gets to do the I, editing. I imagine he has a level of like creative I'm control sure he, over it. All and the stuff. creative control goes to Zach Bagans, I'm sure. But it's like your your vision is incredible when it comes to <laughs> filmmaking Zach Bagans. I it's like, did, did he go to like film school and stuff? I don't do you, do you know, know his history. I don't, yeah, actually. I was gonna say, I don't actually know much because about his history other than like he just showed up for Ghost Adventures and <laughs> well, he the just became only, a bro. It's funny you say Ghost Adventures because it's like the only other documentary that I know that he's made uh, was the Ghost Adventures documentary in 2007 or mm-hmm. 8, I believe, that led to the Ghost Adventures show. Yeah. Um, we have a third. We have a third guest. We here. do have a third guest in here. Ethan's cat King is in here with us. Yeah, and he's, he's just being a being a little boy in here right now. Yeah, he's a little he's a little cooing a little bit. Hang on, let me. Yeah, we're gonna go in. Out. while Ethan lets King out of the room. Let me talk a little bit more about Zach Bagans and like gush about him in a way. Um, yeah, that that was one thing that we noticed. That is one thing that we noticed about this documentary right off the bat, and Ethan pointed it out first is that. Wow, this is expertly shot. Like this is like visually, it's very pleasing. I was gonna say, like, I was very impressed by like the production of it. It's like very well produced and stuff. Yeah, like I said, the B roll is great. The 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 visual cutaways are great. There's a there's a couple shots later that the the the, this this will come back that that when we get deeper into it and stuff that I'll talk I'll talk about that. But yeah, Yeah. it's 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 very well like put together and stuff and like it it genuinely is very good at like raising kind of the tension and, and stuff yeah and uh i think that that's music's very creeping and very very upsetting and he mixes in like sounds and stuff that like very effectively yeah. it's just, it well, just it's, it's like, very eerie i talked about it when i did rats which was episode mm-hmm. four i believe is that morgan spurlock filmed that documentary as a horror movie mm-hmm. and i got a feel for that watching Demon Houses. As you say, I, I even told you, I was, I was like, if, this, if you'd told me that this was just going to be like a horror movie, I'd be like, yeah, I'd, I'd totally believe it. Like, like it, if it I would have come that, to you and been like, this is a found footage movie or yeah. something in that. If you'd cut out all the bits where he's going around like interviewing people, I would have, I would have believed yeah. that it was a, absolutely a horror movie. So what drew Zach to this house exactly? Well, let, let's get into it. Some of the occurrences that took place in this house. Basically, a as the title of the, of the documentary would suggest it's possessed by a demon mm-hmm. and um we'll get into what the demon is here in a minute but some of the stuff that the demon was doing is that it possessed the family basically it was this latoya amons and her three children mm-hmm. uh, i believe two sons one daughter yeah two, if I, if I yeah, yeah, yeah yeah two two sons one one daughter 
Yeah. And uh, there was a grand. The grandmother was living with them too. Yes. Her name was like Gabriella or something like that. Yeah. So stuff starts happening so much that uh, they just stop going to school, like because they're just mm. so terrified of what's going on and they're just not themselves. So which gotta say, first off, that's a red flag for me. It's like the house is haunted. So why wouldn't you go to the place where you're not at the fucking house? Yeah, that's a good point. They never really get into there's that. a there's a lot of inconsistencies in the story. We'll we'll, we'll get into it when we when yeah. we're talking more. Let's so, let's just cover the basic plot here. So, so since they miss school so much, child protection services gets called, mm. and this is when the major shit starts to go down. Mm. So a a cop, uh, a priest. And a uh, child protection service agent walk into a bar. <laughs> I was gonna say, this, is, this is like set up for a good joke. So, and what's great about this is that Zach later tracks these people down uh, a couple of months after the fact. He's like talking to them and getting their stories. So basically, um, the child protection service agent, there were two CPS agents because one of them was like. Was so freaked out that like, she just, she, she quit her job. She fucking packed up and moved across the country. She, she was like, I'm out yeah. Uh, Wait, was it Indy? Yeah. She okay, I thought to, I thought um, that she moved in, further away. Indianapolis, which is the Indian capital yeah. of uh, of our state, um, which is like 150 miles away from Gary. Yeah, yeah. But so he he's talking. Zach's talking to this cop, and the cop is like going. What's, it, through, what's his name? Charles Austin. Or it's something like Charles like something Austin. Yeah. Let's just call him Chief uh, Austin. Yeah. Was, was what it was. So. Something like that. Yeah, because he was he was like a, ch- a chief of something. So. And he's going through all this stuff. He's like. I didn't believe this stuff that was happening. He goes, it was crazy. It is, you know, we go down into the basement and we just find all this stuff. Yeah. They, cause they talk about, cause like there's, there's the steps and, and it's like, um, it's like a, I don't know how to describe those. It's steps. A, it's there's like a little a, like cubby underneath yes. the bottom steps, or whatever. And it's like the whole basement is concrete. It looks like it's lined with lead too. Um, the, yeah, the, the lead paint. Yeah, it looks like it's covered in lead paint, but underneath the stairs is just dirt for no reason other other than that. And like apparently the cops, he even notices it. Yeah, yeah, like, he points weird. out. Yeah, he points out like how weird it was. He was like, it's it's bizarre that so it's in there. So they start digging in this dirt, and the meanwhile, while while that is happening, there's other shit going on in the house. One of the big instances is they are looking at the blinds in this room and there's this weird oil about halfway down the blind and they don't know what it is. Mm. So they wipe it away and they leave the room shut. So no one can go in there. They come back 45 minutes later and this oil is back and the CPS agent touches the oil. Meanwhile, the cops are down in the basement digging. The priest is basically, uh, not doing an exorcism because he doesn't. He's have, like he's like blessing the house. He's blessing stuff, yeah. the house, like any, like any good exorcism this, style movie. And the CPS agent is uh, touching this oil. Well, yeah, she goes and like straight up like touches it. From yeah. Like, well, they tell us that she went up and touched it. Well, there's footage of it because there's yeah. actual like footage of them on. Did their, they show her actually touching it? Or I did, think because so. they show what happens to her hand because yeah. she she talks about how her hand goes completely flush and like white and stuff. It just looked like a normal hand to me, but yeah, it was like it was like she touched it and like apparently her hand was like flushed of all blood and was like and like later like after that she like so much like traumatic like events happened to like all the people involved and yeah. stuff like she broke a, a hand a rib 
Uh, she sprained an ankle, which really just tells me that she's just a really, really, really which, big klutz. <laughs> we, we will get into that here in a second. So down in the basement, uh, basically the cops discover a shrine. Like where someone could have done like a like so shrine shrine's putting it pretty pretty extremely. It, it was like they just found like a random assortment of of things, but yeah. they were just very oddly placed. There was so, like a clip on nail, or like a press on nail. Yeah, a pair uh, of women's panties. Yeah, a pair of women's panties. And there was one other thing that they found. There were a bunch of things. There was like a comb. There was yeah. like a, a red tin. There was all the that stuff was. There. I think that was it. I think that was all that they they found. That it was just the, the like four or five items that they that they found. So they start to surmise, well, maybe this is like a portal to hell or something. Yeah, they very quickly like jump to the conclusion that, that yeah. this is a portal to hell. Like this is demons are pouring out of this and this is like an epicenter for, for So that. then meanwhile, one of the children is taken to the hospital because of what's going on. Like the children are like possessed and like yeah apparently they're suffering the most from it like they're, trying to fight one another and like physically hurt eyes are like rolling up in the back eyes of their heads back and, of their head they're speaking in weird voices saying shit that they wouldn't normally say they're going crazy one of the kids ends up in the emergency room and in the emergency room it's the mother the grandmother the child. Uh, various the, the CPS agents the, in there. And one of the CPS agents, and, and then, then various, and, yeah, like a nurse and other ERs. Yeah, it was like, it was like two nurses in there and stuff. So the child, like, <clears throat> excuse me, runs at the grandmother with his head down and tries to like drive his head into her stomach. <laughs> then, as they're fighting the kid, he somehow walks backwards up the wall in the hotel room and like well, the everyone, er the er yeah in the in, ER. yeah i'm sorry not in the hotel yeah, yeah ho apparently hotel room. and from way like the cps or nurse talks about it or something i can't remember i think it was the grandmother she talks about how like he basically walked all the way up the wall over the ceiling down the other wall and just stood right back where he was standing yeah. And everyone else just fled the room in terror and stuff. Not everyone. Like, a few people stuck around. Like, the mom like, and the grandmother. The, yeah. The doctor definitely left, and the CPS agent definitely fled. Well, yeah, because they were freaked the fuck out because there's a kid walking backwards up the wall. Yeah. So then, basically, the father, uh, his name is, I have it in my notes, his name is Father um, Mag... Maganet, Magano, basically? Manio? Yeah. Uh, Managa? They pronounce like 15 different ways. Yeah. Uh, M-A-G-O-N-O-T, I believe is how his name is. Well, that, that's how I have it written. Ma Magnoit? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think the T is silent. But anyway. Magnoit. He, he gets approval to officially do an exorcism on the family. So the family's fine. They leave. They move to Indianapolis. They want, they piece the fuck out of this house. They want no part of it. Yeah. So then Zach Bagans comes into the picture. And like any good, crazy fucking boyfriend or stalker, he tracks her down. Yeah. She, he tracks these people down from an interview for a totally separate incident involving them about like mold in their apartment complex or something. Yeah. And he sees their fucking apartment number and like, scans Indianapolis for that place and finds where they fucking live. Yeah. Like a fucking crazy person. Yeah. So he basically tracks them down and um, they 
they refuse. Yeah, they don't want to. They're like, we don't want to talk to to you. You've been in the house. You've been touched yeah, by the yeah. demon. We're worried that you're going to transfer. So yeah, the it's Le, uh, this Latoya Amon's brother, I believe. Yes, brother or like boyfriend or something like that. He comes out. I no, it's a family member. Is it a family? It's okay. definitely her her brother or something. Uh, comes out and is talking to Zach Bangins, and he's like, "No, they they, they don't want to talk to you." It's like you've been in the house. They're worried that you're going to, um, that you're going to bring you're bring the, the bad juju back. back. You're gonna so bring then this. that's whenever the uncle starts recounting the story of the kids trying to fight each other, the kid going to the hospital, stuff like that. Yeah. So then. Latoya will not let the brother back in the house because she yeah because she thinks he brought it with him like yeah. that Zach transferred it to back to him to bring it back to her yeah so, so she just she just won't let him back in the house and stuff she's freaking out now Zach gets this is maybe a couple of months later mm-hmm. Zach oh by the way I should mention all of the stuff with the um, the possession and the hospital and all of that, that takes place in February and March of, uh, 20, 2011, of I 2014. It was in, I uh, thought it was 2011. No, it was two, 2014. Cause he sold, cause he bought the house in 2014 and that's yeah. when he started. So, so he, no, that all happened like years before. No, 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 no. It happened in 2014. I don't, I, I think that's wrong. I no, thought. it was in February and March of uh, 2014, because after all the stuff happened, that's whenever, um, whenever Zach uh, buys the house. Is it though? Yes. I, I'm so confused on like my timeline here. No, it happens. All of this happens in 2014. In November 2011, they moved into the house. And days after the family moved in, they claimed that they had black flies and other mysterious things. Well, that might have been December. when the stuff started. It was in 2011. Uh, they reached out. Let's see. They moved out. The family moved to Indianapolis in 2012 after the events, after which the events were said to have stopped. Oh, so it was 2012 that it happened. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They, they moved out. Yeah. Like early 2012 and stuff. So okay. This, well, that's. Yeah. So, so that's. Cause yeah. Cause the, the, the story wasn't actually reported on until years after yeah. the fact. Um, so, funny you mention that because that's what we're getting into. Yeah. So, Zach gets a call from a film producer, a big-time film producer, yeah. who wants to get the life rights to the Amon their, their rights to the story. So that he can produce this movie. And Zach is like, no, I, I'm not doing that. I want the money. <laughs> well, you see it that way. I was going to say, that's, that's my thing. Because we, we even talked about it. It's like, there were the people that were part of like the Amityville horror and stuff, yeah. the, the Warrens and stuff who were like the biggest con artists in the world and stuff. Zach, Zach Bagans is just that to me. Yeah. He's just the, any, cause here's my feeling. Anyone who can make money off of this is immediately suspect in, in it being complete bullshit. So okay. like everybody, everybody, I think you know where uh, he stands. Yeah. So around that time, stuff kind of starts to fall apart. Uh, Zach Bagans gets this call from this film producer. He finds out that Latoya has already talked as Ethan drops a pin I on drop the table. A pin. Sorry, gang. 
Mm-hmm. Latoya Jackson, or not not Jackson. Why the hell do I say Jackson? Latoya Jackson. <laughs> Latoya Amon has talked to these producers because there's money involved. Mm-hmm. And it starts to look like mm-hmm. it's all been made up. Mm-hmm. Because the, they glaze over it very fast at that bit, but there were like, well, they get back to it later because a family later comes back to talk about it. There were people who lived in in that house before them and a couple of squatters afterwards never had anything, nothing, not a single thing happened in there. Sure, they have like, they talk about they had like the general like kind of spookiness and eeriness of like the house Never, but no never, demonic possession. Yeah, no, no, no talking in voices, no oil bleeding, uh, like like blinds. There yeah. is no flies or anything. So then Zach is starting to question everything mm-hmm. because, and I remember when this happened, there was a photo that was released on the internet of a ghost in the window, which yeah. was proven fake. Yeah. It's a very convincing photo. I'm sure you can find the photo online. It's very, very easy to find. Mm-hmm. So then the other grandmother comes forward. The step-grandmother comes forward. And she's like, yeah, mm. they made all that up. Yeah, the, the, the paternal grandmother. Yes. Yeah, is like, is like yeah, no, that none of that happened. These guys are, like, really full of it. Yeah. And even there's, like, the, they, the one of the CPS agents or, or officers talks about how, like, yeah, those kids had, like, a history of, like, skipping school, like, all the mm-hmm. time and stuff. Like, they, they, they weren't skipping because of, like, you know, because of any sort of demon inclination or yeah. possession and stuff. They just skip because that's just what they do, and that's what they've always done. But then Zach finds out, like, he brings people in to look at it. Because Zach even says at the very beginning, he's like, look, if I find out they're lying... Well, then that's fine. He goes, I'm here to see if it's real or fake. Yeah, like he a goes, true documentarian. His his goal is, is not to be right, but to ha- to get the truth. He wants, yeah. I want the truth, damn it. Good on him. Yeah, right on. Good no, on no, he, that's, that's, what you, that's what you should be doing. I don't think he really does that, but good on him for, well, for at least saying it. So he finds out that, like, there's black mold in the house, which yeah. can cause hallucinations. And there's possibly like a carbon, carbon monoxide um, leaking and stuff. So I'll be honest. They almost lost me. Yeah. That's where I was like, well, it's looking to me like this is a bust. Mm. They duped us. Even Zach's thinking that. He's and just, even Zach yeah, is Even Zach's like thinking, like, man, this is this is all full of it. And... Until we meet Mika. Mika, yes. the Mika is the mother of, she used to live in that house when she, she was grew up in, in the house. 90s. Uh, in the 90s is when she lived there. Yes. Um, so, yeah. So, the, the, her and her kids show up. She has the two daughters and a son. Uh, very similar to Very what, similar to what LaToya Amons. Yes. But, like, switched with, with the genders for the yeah. kids. So, instead of two sons and a and a daughter, it's two daughters and a son this, this go-around. Yeah. So, Zach asks her. But they never lived in the house. The kids never the lived kids in The kids never lived there, but the mom did. And yeah. the mom is even... Kind of hesitant. Yeah, she's she's in. very like she's very apprehensive about going back into that <coughs> into that place. Yeah, so they go in, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Here's my room. This is where I slept." And it's mm-hmm. like right when you first walk in. That that's not important, but that's right where, where her room was. And she's like, "Yeah, friends would stay over, and they would just say weird stuff would happen." Yeah, and, they'd like hear weird things and stuff. Like, do you hear, do you hear someone like walking up and down the stairs? And yeah, stuff? it's like no, no. And she goes, um, 
they start talking about the basement, and she's like, oh, I've never liked that basement. Yeah. I have never liked that basement. And Zach's like, well, why? And she goes, I just got bad vibes from that basement. I would yeah. just always have dreams that someone was going to die going down in that basement. She's like, it just was not. And come come find out, she talks about it. There's, yes. there's a room down there that was her brother's basement. Her brother was killed. Uh, not in the house. No. But, like, he was killed in, like, a shooting or, like, a drive-by shooting or something along those lines. He was. But we find out that a child, years before, had died in that same room. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I forgot. Five people are documented <laughs> to have died in that house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which they only cover that one kid. They only talk about that one. Well, they just mention specifically because yeah. it's ironic that the room that the kid died in is the same room that the brother stayed in where the sister got bad juju. Uh, her name, uh, M- Mika, got bad juju. Like, it just doesn't feel good. And then the brother yeah, dies. Bad vibes. So naturally, they go down into the basement. And this is where the documentary wins me back. Oh, because... They're down in the basement and Mika just like gets rude and gets like kind of very curt, very very short, very snippy towards her kids. And then she's like, well, I don't know. I don't know what overcame me. She's like, I'm yeah. She like, she like very quickly makes an exit out of there upstairs and stuff. She's like, I'm sorry. She's like, I I had to get out of that house. I had to get out. She, she even like leaves like right out the house and stuff, but the kids are still in there. Like checking things out and like looking around and and shit. One of the girls, did you get her name? Erica, I believe. I believe it was Erica. Yes. Erica. She's asking Zach. Yeah, she's she's like very she's inquisitive. She's into it. She's in. Yeah. She's like, so is the demon still here, or is any of that still going on? And Zach's like, well, the, apparently mm. the demon's still here. We're going to investigate it and try to figure, figure it out. out. And then the the second daughter isn't. She she doesn't have much to say. She yeah. she comes back later to talk about stuff, but uh, the the son. <laughs> starts acting very weird too he's like very like lost in thought and stuff like that and he just seems very uncomfortable being Which, in there lost in thought is and confused co- confusion being lost in thought just that 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 look of being it's a it's a common symptom of people it's who a, have been in that house and have, have, have claimed they they have you know yes. come into contact with the demon and miko was kind of feeling that yeah yeah so that's why she had to yeah she's she like i gotta go i gotta so, go and then, then as they're leaving too, yes, the, the sun, to yeah, that. the sun is just like standing there like a deer in the headlights. Well, no, like, it's Erica that's just standing there looking. Was at it the Erica? House. It no, was it Erica. was the sun. Are you sure? Yeah, it was definitely the sun. Okay, so because he because they're standing there watching, and they're just like, what is he doing? They're like, he's yeah. being really weird right now because he because all everyone else is in the car and he's just standing there, just kind of like looking at the house, and then he just like snaps out of it, gets in the car, yeah, gets in the car as if like as if like no time had passed, like he was still walking to the car. One very important thing that we need to mention is that um, as Mika is leaving, the EVP that she records oh, on her lapel mic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they pick up a, a voice. An electronic voice phenomenon is what an EVP is, for those of you that don't know, which if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know what an EVP is. Because I'm guessing that you're like a fan of Paranormal Investigating. Hopefully, fans of Paranormal Investigating have found Mm -hmm. this podcast. I I sure hope so. Um, But they say that and they play it back and everything. 
they say that the EVP is saying run Latoya. Now, I didn't hear that. I heard run something, but I didn't hear Latoya. Yeah, you, you can definitely hear run. But yeah, yeah. like Latoya is very, if it is saying Latoya, it's very like garbled and in, yeah. incomprehensible. Later that night, Zach exhibits some of the emotions that Mika felt whenever she was in the house. Yeah. Such as he's confrontational, he's curt. But there's no audio of it. It's just he actually from, like he actually literally lunges at one of the yeah, guys. Like, like he, he actually like, like not really attacks, but he like pushes him against the wall. And he yeah, just, he like is trying to like attack him or like push yeah. him and stuff. And, it's, and he's got that same look on him of bewilderment, confusion, just lost in thought. And you're like, oh my god, like shit's going down here. So then. A little bit later, this is just kind of a little little uh, sidebar. We're not really going to dive too much into it because it's not super pertinent. But there's a part where uh, someone is trying to break into the house and the police get called. And I told Ethan, I said, I'll bet you it's the son. Yeah, yeah. They Which, glaze over that really fast, too. Well, I think they just did it so that they could get to the part about talking to the cops. Yeah. So... Zach, it, they never mentioned who was trying to break in, if they did break in. I doubt that they did break in, because there was a lot of equipment and stuff in that house, and if they would have broken in, I'm sure they would have stolen it. Mm. That's just the kind of, like we mentioned it, that's the kind of town Gary is. It's very criminally active. You know, there, there's even a part where Zach is talking to youths from the area, and they're like, he's like, how often do you hear gunshots? Yeah, like, like, every night. Pretty, pretty often and stuff. It's like, oh. Like, right, right over there is where a drive-by happened and stuff like that. And Zach's just like, oh, my God. Um, so, anyway, Zach's talking to the cops. And he, one cop refuses to even look at the house. He's like, I'm not going in there. I'm not looking at it. And I'll be honest with you, I'm feeling very uncomfortable being this close to the house. Yeah, yeah. He's like, there's bad shit in that house. He goes, you would be best if you just... Tore it down. Well, the other cop is like, don't tear it down because you have no idea what you're going to open up and unleash onto the world yeah. and stuff. Like he like he thinks it's like a like a uh, like a treasure chest or something like yeah. the, or, or like the, the a bottle cap. It's just like. So speaking of cops. Let's mention the original cop, uh, Officer chief, Austin. Chief Austin. Was he a chief? It's chief of something. He, he might have been a chief. Chief of something. I know that much. Well, if you remember, we said that this house has lasting effects on people. He was walking out of a restaurant, slipped on some ice, and hit his head and was knocked out for a solid minute. And he attributes it to being in the house. Yeah, because that's... They all fucking do that. They all... Like, every person that was in that house... Something happens to them. Some benign thing that could have happened like sliding on ice or or government you get diagnosed with cancer like the one dude yeah one guy got diagnosed with cancer and, it, and it's just like they're they're also like freaked out and on edge about this they're just like it's the demon the demon's doing this to me and stuff and there's a guy that comes in later who's like an uh, electronic like field expert yeah he really he like he's the guy who like reads the thetans of the area yeah well i'll get to him in a second but he's big into like 
the electromagnetic field of places and stuff. He comes in. We'll get into what he actually does in a minute. But after he's in the house, he starts to suffer from unexplained organ failure. Like, well, that comes later. Yeah, that's what I'm he's, saying. Is he's this just very yeah yeah yeah. Because in the house, he's just very like tired. The same thing happens and, to him that happened to everyone else. Yeah, is that he's just wandering aimlessly. He's just lost in thought, confused. It's very common. So the point of this is that shit happens to people that go into this house. So let's get back to Mika. Zach Bagans gets a frantic phone call from Mika. Three weeks later, uh, apparently her daughter Erica went crazy, uh, attacked her, and then tried to kill herself by slitting her wrists and taking pills. Yeah, she apparently had like downed a bunch of like sleeping pills and then and then tried to cut her wrists and then she like attacked her mom. But the way she cut her wrists was not your typical someone legitimately trying to kill themselves way. Mm -hmm. She put stigmata on her wrists. Mm -hmm. Which, for those of you that don't know what stigmata is, stigmata is the representation of the nails going through Jesus yeah, on, where, on, on the where cross. where Christ was, was hung. Yeah. Which, stigmata that we never see, she never shows it. That is true. She never, we never see it. We don't see anything, anything physically really wrong with her or something yeah. like it. And, and uh, apparently, she has a six on her back, like a, a six 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 shows up on her on her back, according to the younger sister, which we also never see. Uh, there is some stuff that is suspect. I, I will agree. Yeah, the, we just we just don't see any of that and whatnot, and so. They do an exorcism on this... On Erica. On, on Erica. And it makes, like, TMZ news and stuff like mm -hmm. that. It, it makes the news cycle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, like, I remember actually seeing that video. Yeah. I didn't realize Zach Bagans was involved with it, even though he's sitting in the pew right next to her. Yeah. But, yeah. But I knew about it because, again, being into paranormal stuff and being from Indiana, Zach Bagans buying the Indiana Demon House was kind of a big deal. Yeah. So, um, that's just one instance of, uh, something happening to someone who is in the house. Mm -hmm. uh, another instance, we mentioned the electromagnetic field expert. He comes in and he's running, uh, sweeps over the house mm -hmm. to like, because his whole thought process is that, if there's abnormal electromagnetic fields coming naturally from the earth, um, that could cause hysteria. Yeah, it yeah. can cause paranoia, anxiety. Yeah, a, lo like a lot that. of like pseudo or uh, uh, allegedly haunted areas are tend to be over these kind of areas that, yeah. that apparently like the earth just kind of emanates like these weird like tones and stuff that just that just resonate very weirdly with the human brain it makes you makes you see things and shit so he's scanning the area and he's getting normal readings mm -hmm. he sees there there's nothing here that would now whatever the unit is that they're measured in i don't remember but he's registering like between five and 550 mm -hmm. and zach is like when would we start to see issues and he's like anything past 600 he said, "Is whenever you'll see problems." Now, I don't remember what the unit of measure is, what it's called, 
but that's basically what he says, mm. is that uh, anything past 600 is where he starts the issue. So, he's doing his standard stuff, just getting normal readings, and then they're down in the basement, and there's one particular spot... In the room where the brother... In the, the room where the brother... Murdered, yeah. Or got died. He gets a spike. And he's like, whoa, that's, that's abnormal. Hmm. He's like, because look, over here, and he moves it like six inches to the right, it's fine. Moves it six inches to the fine, puts it right in the middle, and it spikes again. Mm-hmm. Then he starts to get some weird readings off of Zach. Yeah. The readings that he's getting off of Zach are eight to 12 million times the normal electromagnetic field that should be coming off of a human being. Yeah. He like claps his hands at one point or like hits his fist at one point and like the the meter like jumps really high yeah and zach starts to get again that anxiety starts to get aggressive that aggressive anger where there's one point where he goes and like does like a kind of a jump forward yeah like charges at him and stuff and it spikes on the reader yeah so weird shit's at zach's like look man i gotta get out of here he goes i just i i Got to get out of here, or I'm not going to be responsible for what happens. Mm-hmm. So he leaves. Meanwhile, they keep doing the sweeps, and again, people. I'm gonna. I keep saying it. You're probably tired of hearing me say this. People experiencing weird, like not really euphoria, but just weird moods in this house continues. With this guy, he starts to like my my, my throat's just like really dry. He starts goes, feeling like he's gonna pass out and stuff. Doesn't pass out. So he goes upstairs, and he's just, again, aimlessly lost in thought. Just I was say, he just kind of wanders house. around the house a little bit. So the way that this house is laid out is there's, you walk in the main door, and there's the 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 living room. Yeah. And then off to the side of uh, on the right on there's... the right side. Say you walk in, stage right. Is where uh, Mika's yeah, room was. That's the first bedroom. Yes. Dead ahead, there are two doors on the left and on the left and right on the immediate wall. Yes. So one left is, one is, the, no, it's not doors. It's a it's doorways. Doorways. One leads one the one on the left the kitchen, leads to the kitchen, the which left. then leads into the basement. Yes. And then the one on the right leads into like a hallway where there's another door immediately. A in front very of it that's, small hallway. Yeah, that leads into the uh, into the bathroom and then. Uh, to the right into the bedroom and I believe it just leads back out back or something like yeah. that. So this guy starts wondering that way. Walks past the bathroom, goes into this spare bedroom and a cameraman is following him. And right when the guy walks past the bathroom they're filming at what? 24 frames a second? Zach yeah. says. Well there are it's s- really It's really not important. <laughs> What do you mean it's not important? It's like it's like oh it lasts for like seven seven frames so like it, it's just it's something literally just pops up for like they a capture fraction a of shadow figure yeah basically. yeah yeah it's like it's like a like a hand or something it looks like a hand coming out yeah so literally it just pops for a split second and yeah. it's gone yeah they have an alternate camera angle you don't see it in that camera I was saying, angle it doesn't show up in that camera angle but it shows up in this one yeah. and they even take it to like get analyzed by a video guy. Who just cranks like, up the saturation really high? And he's on, like, yeah. Blows out the contrast. He goes, that's that's not a normal shadow. That's mm. something. So then immediately afterwards, uh, the guy comes out of the bedroom, peeks into the bedroom, and is like, I'm in just the getting, bathroom. They're dead. The the bathroom 
He's like, man, I'm just getting a bad vibe from in there. Just getting a bad vibe. So meanwhile, Zach is outside trying to collect his bearings about him, basically. Mm, mm -hmm. Inside, the cameraman that was following this doctor starts to act crazy. Yeah. The same way that everyone else does. Lost in thought, looks confused, wondering aimlessly, but there's a bit more aggression behind him. Like he looks like he's a little bit more like revved up. Essentially how Zach was earlier. Yeah, yeah. He like apparently has like compulsions to like lay down flat on his back and stuff. Yeah. And at one point he like sneaks off into the basement and then he lays down And they find him like twenty yeah, minutes later just in the room. In that room. Yeah, he's just laying down on the ground in the basement and stuff and so then they leave. They get back to the hotel because naturally they're not staying in this house. Who would? Mm -hmm, right. Uh, by the way, it was like not long after this that the guy got the organ failure happening. So that, yeah, it was that, like after he left the house, it was yeah. a couple weeks after after he left. Yeah. So they're back in the hotel, and there, there's there's no footage of it because they weren't prepared to film it. Apparently, this filmmaker whose name was Austin, it was Adam, I think. Adam. It was like Adam or, or Austin, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It started with an A. Starts going fucking nuts. He's in Zach's room. He's just cursing at Zach, yelling, throws up blood in Zach's bathroom. Which we never see. And then leaves. And he's like storming in the stairwell of the hotel room. They're all, like, they've all got their iPhones out because they didn't get the uh, equipment out yet because it's mm -hmm. just spur of the moment. Excuse me. And... This guy's, like, in the hallway just fucking goes screaming. People are, like, calling, like, security and stuff. and Going insane. Like, going nuts. He's and apparently, he's like, like, hiding in the elevator or some shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. And he's like, I gotta go back to the fucking house. I gotta fucking go back to the house. Is that all you got, motherfucker? And he's, like, taunting the demon to, like, come fuck with me. Yeah. Um. So shit goes nuts they eventually calm him down and yeah. get him back into the room and then some stuff happens that we won't get into because it's not super important they start getting weird readings off of him and he yeah. kind of kicks back into well the it. big thing is that he sees a demon allegedly when when the elevator doors opened when he was out there alone apparently he saw because there's this recurring motif of like a 12 foot yeah we haven't even gotten to yeah that. How there's we gotten into it? there's like a recurring theme of this like 12 foot goat demon that they keep yeah. seeing it's like a humanoid body but there's like black shadows like pouring out of its mouth and stuff very zach, zach apparently had a dream of it before he bought the house and then yeah it's very lovecraftian feel like with like a black aura around it yeah it's just, it's just very like satanic and so very exorcist style yeah. and stuff so he saw that in the elevator goes crazy so the next day they go back to the house and this cameraman tells zach like forcefully tells him Go into that fucking bathroom, break the mirror, and cut your throat with the glass. So Zach's like, "Okay, you're done. You're yeah, all yeah." He sent he sends him off, and then apparently he hasn't been the same ever since. Yeah, well, you know me here on Documented. I don't like to dive into what they uh, they do post script. <laughs> That's for you to find out when you watch the documentary. But what yeah. happens to this guy's a little weird. So naturally, what does Zach Bagans decide to do, Ethan? Well. He decides to basically uh, 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 board himself up into the house, like puts plywood on all of the windows outside, all of the doors, and just locks himself in this house for one night. For one night, from like 8 p.m. to like 8 a.m. for like 12 hours, he like locks himself in this house. Yeah. 
and it's it's very like obviously it's got the connotation of like a demon house and shit so it's just like it's just really fucking eerie it's like really quiet he's alone in this like dark dank house and shit and it's it's freaky and he starts seeing shit and yeah so uh, let's let's get into that the stuff that zach sees in the house so he's in there for the first little bit He's, like, just kind of roaming around, like, not really seeing a whole lot of anything. He goes down into the basement. It's obviously very creepy. Mm -hmm. The first major thing that happens is he, um, this is at, uh, what, about 10 o'clock at night? No, it's past midnight. It's, like, 1241 It's, like, a a quarter till one, I think. He hears something talk. Yeah. He's standing by the glass door that goes down to the basement, and you clearly hear a female voice say, that's my baby. Yeah. So he's freaked the fuck out. He's he's like, like, no. Fuck that. He's like, fuck this. So then what happened for the next four hours? I'm not really sure. Yeah, apparently nothing happened in between there. So a little after five in the morning, it shows Zach, and this is the, the finale of this doc where the big shit happens. Yeah, yeah. This is like the last like 15 minutes of it. He's sitting on a bed in the bedroom that's by the bathroom where the demon came out of. Yeah, he's got the, he's got the night vision on. And he's on. just on edge. Yeah, he's just his eyes are like locked on that doorway and he's just And not you can moving. hear footsteps going on around him and he's just sitting there and he's like you know, he's just on edge like Yeah. Scared well, he perks up. He hears the footsteps and then he like perks up and stuff yeah. and then and then and then he's just like Waiting, and he has like something in his hand or whatever. It's the, it's the camera. No, he has he has something because he throws something. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know if it was his phone or because he he hears the voice or no, he doesn't hear a voice. He hears the footsteps. Yeah, and he's like, "Where the fuck are you?" Like he's he's like yeah, he's like back up, back up, motherfucker. Like he's like yeah. he's like gonna fight the ghost or and demon. And he sets his handheld camera down on the bed, and it mm. goes out of focus. Yeah. And you see the shadow figure walk past him. Then it shows the corner cam that's like filming the room and he's throwing shit. Yeah, he just like takes a good and salt chest. He just like runs towards it. He's going crazy, knocking shit over. Yeah. He just gets this really fucking painful headache. Yeah, he like flip because he has all the lights off at that point. Yes. But he flips them all back on. He's just like standing there and he gets like this crazy like migraine behind his eyes and stuff, which apparently. I don't remember what it's called, but he develops, like, some... Diplopia. Diplopia. He develops, like, diplopia, which apparently is, like, really bad, and it's, like, permanently damaged him and stuff. He's like, here's what happened to me. He's like, this is what happened to everyone else. Bad shit happened to people that were in this house, and then here's what happened to me as well. Mm. I was affected. He basically has to wear special glasses from now on if they want to... Uh, 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 surgically try to repair his eyes. It's a possible pretty blindness. possible, pretty so he possible. So he just he could go blind and stuff. But so he, the possibility of going blind is like not worth doing the surgery. Yeah, yeah. Like, apparently because apparently he just he just sees like doubles of things now. Yeah. It's just it's like his eyes are are off off yeah. uh, sync. So that is Demon House. The he very up, end of it. Yeah, as you say, very. I, I knew this going into it. Yeah, because yeah. I was over about Zach tears the house down yeah chooses to get rid of it send it off it's done they bulldoze that shit and he he's done with it he's over it he's after that night he's like i'm done he's like i'm not dealing with it so as i said i don't like to do the uh postscript stuff i Mm. like for the, the the listener to 
see that interpret it to see where everyone is after the documentary what zach bagans does what these people that are in bad shape are doing stuff like that the the cameraman the doctor stuff like that that's for you to find out so i recommend that you watch it and also it's just it's just a really good watch like it's 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 legitimately creepy in a lot of sections and stuff no but that being said ethan do you believe the stuff that went down is real no not even in the slightest not even in the slightest the 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 moment because i was very skeptical going into it because that's just the person that i am when they started talking about how the movie producer was involved with it i was like oh okay everyone in this everyone who could possibly make a penny off of this was immediately their credibility was immediately suspect to me zach bagans included because Zach Bagans, as far as I'm concerned, is basically like a modern-day version of the Warrens in that he just goes around to all these haunted places to make a quick buck off of them because, like, you know, fuck it. Like, America loves a good horror story, and it's like, this this is perfect. This is absolutely perfect. It's like every, every you know, family in, in a normal house that's just all of a sudden haunted and just gives a bad juju to that it. That is one thing. They never dive it, into that's, exactly. Yeah, they never go into that, why. But they do have one theory, which I'll leave for the viewer to find out. Yeah, yeah. They they, they only really – they barely even discuss it either. They barely talk about, like, why it's potentially haunted or why it's potentially a demon place. And, and it's just – that frustrated me watching it because I was like, that just makes all of your credibility completely called into question for me because, one, everything Zach Bacon does is so easily faked. All of it is so easy to do and, and to make up and stuff, and it's just like – I don't know. It's just as as far as being a documentary, no, I it does not make me believe. As far as being a good scary movie, oh yeah, oh yeah, it's very freaky. It's it does a very good job of like raising the tension and making you feel like uncomfortable watching it and stuff. But as far as like my belief and all that stuff, no, it just it just I I do I do believe that that house is very eerie. But I just you know when a place has a reputation like that, it obviously you know that's like ingrained in us whether we like to think of it. You, you know whether we think it does or not absolutely that affects us and stuff because i mean it's like we've all been in a house in the middle of the night right and stuff and it's like that shit's just freaky to be alone in a dark you know house and quiet and stuff. i think the scariest thing about the house is that it's in gary personally <laughs> but uh no i mean obviously ethan's the skeptic that's why i wonder i i'm in man i believe that there is some shit going down in that house. I believe it. I guess we'll never know. One hundred percent. Well, now that it's torn down, torn down, we'll uh, we'll never we'll never know. About about went into some stuff in the postscript there on, but there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't I don't feel like I should reveal any of that. I don't know if they call it the postscript. I mean, that's just what I've always called it. The after show. Yeah, the, post, the, after, the post show. Yeah, but the Zach, uh, the Zach Bagans well, wrap up. It's hour. always that last ten minutes of a documentary that you always see where they. Where is everyone now? Yeah, yeah. What's everybody doing? Every documentary I've covered on this podcast has always ended with one. They've had that (laughs) because, like, you want the wrap up of yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, With the cohesion, I believe it. I I'm a big believer in paranormal. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've had paranormal experiences happen in my life. Uh, I'll go into them at some point. Now is not the time to do it, Uh, but at some point I will talk about stuff i've experienced mm-hmm. um i don't think i've ever actually dealt with any paranormal stuff i've just i've been in areas that are creepy and yeah. that's about it i i've never seen like ghosts and stuff and now 
there were a few things that were a little suspect, like the part where Zach Bagans goes crazy when he's locked in the house. There is a TV, an old CRTV that he knocks off of. Uh, it feels very hysterical. It, feel, it, it feels feels like very over dramatic. That he knew that he because that CRTV is never there. Yeah. Until that. Yeah, moment. they bring it and for oh my god! And for some reason they put a fucking doll like in one of the rooms. Yeah, there's like a yeah. creepy ass doll, yeah. and it's just it's like why why did you guys dress up the set and why the fuck was that one of the choices? Like, Zach Bagans is a showman. Yeah, he's yeah. in a way kind of a snake oil salesman. Oh yeah. But just because Zach Bagans likes to amp this stuff up, that doesn't necessarily mean that I don't believe the stuff that's happening. Well, I mean, that's the thing. He he would he would do great in professional wrestling because he can sell that shit like oh, crazy. Okay, brother. He, he, would... he can sell it so well. Like, it's amazing. If Zach Bagans ever made, like, a legit horror movie, he would knock it out of the park probably. Now, Maybe if he didn't act in it. But at least as far as like producing and like like getting a, a basic plot going and stuff, I bet I bet he can make a pretty good one. It's weird. I I, I think Zach Bagans does play up a little bit of the stuff that happens to him in this stuff, but that just because he plays it up doesn't mean that he legitimately did not capture that voice or that he did not really hear those footsteps because I've experienced uh, electronic voices. Mm-hmm. I've experienced shadow figures. I've seen that stuff but just because zach is a little bit over the top with it that doesn't mean by the way referring to him as zach is so weird to me because yeah we, we're, on, we're on a we first name basis with him we have a friend named zach yeah we do so i'm just <laughs> picturing myself talking about him yeah anyway um i don't know man i am a believer i'm a big believer like we talked about it on the stan romanek which i don't believe mm. stan romanek but um i we have that bigfoot bet that we talked about where yeah i'm gonna have to eat a hat if uh um and then you have to admit that i which again i also mentioned there i feel like i'm getting the raw end of the deal because i i have to eat a literal piece of fucking clothing and you just have to admit that you're wrong well this is bullshit you know my love of bigfoot you understand why it would hit me so hard yeah but you're gonna say you're gonna be wrong that being said ethan doesn't believe it nope i believe it firmly in the don't believe section he doesn't believe i believe what do you believe? Like, whether or not you're a skeptic, whether you are a believer, Demon House is probably one of my new favorite documentaries I've ever seen. Yes, it's very good. Even though I don't, I'm not convinced by any of it. I I, I wholeheartedly recommend watching it. It's it's a very good like documentary. It's it's, it's on very Prime. well done. It's and it's on Prime. It's on Prime. If you have Prime, go watch it. Uh, even if you don't, I think you can rent it for just like a couple dollars or whatever. Uh, definitely definitely worth it absolutely worth it like it was it was entertaining all the way through like yeah. zach, zach bagans is always is always entertaining and i i always enjoy watching his stuff that is one thing i i will say uh to about zach bagans is that when it comes to filmmaking when it comes to production my god dude like he might have missed his true calling mm-hmm. um, yeah just but like, at least he's finding a way to do but it. but he would not he would not be where he is today if he hadn't done, hadn't be the person that he is and stuff. Yeah. It's like, it's like sure he could have done movies and he probably would have done, gotten pretty moderately successful doing that and stuff. But like now he's like, as far as like you know the ghost hunting stuff goes, he's like an icon and stuff. I mean, he he's, he even admits that he is. And well, it all started with that famous footage of him and Nick Groff getting the brick thrown at them. Yeah. 
Yeah, so he he's a uh, he's definitely like he's like the Sonic Adventures of filmmakers. <laughs> well, that's he's, actually he's like it's like if Sonic hadn't gotten so fucking weird, uh, there's no way Sonic probably would have survived into modern gaming no. the way he has. Yeah, I agree. That's quite the icon. So, but like I said, I believe it. Ethan doesn't believe it. Nope. It's up to you, the listener, to form your interpretation, your belief, your disbelief when you watch Demon House, which we both recommend. Go check it out right now. We're going to get out of here, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Ethan, thank you so much for joining me. I am glad to be back. Do you have any uh, any plugs you want to give out or anything of that nature? Uh, none that are clean, so uh, <laughs> we'll we'll have to wait for that one. No, I don't really have anything to plug right now. We we're playing Joybot stuff. We're doing we're doing stuff over there for a little a little while. So if you want to watch that, yep. at least for uh, Halloween, you can watch us there. Uh, Ethan has appeared as Peach Collins. Yes, I'm, I'm in a couple in, of uh, in a couple of my videos. The uh, Luigi's Mansion video for Gruntober will be up. From you hearing this in either, it'll be either next week or I'm probably going to upload it on Halloween Eve. I haven't fully decided what I'm going to upload Halloween it Eve. Halloween Eve, all Hallows Halloween Eve. Eve. Halloween Eve. But, as you know, cross-platform, uh, Rocket Grunt Josh Gaming, all of that, documented podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, all of it. So, that being said, thank you again for listening. I really appreciate you taking the time to listen ethan again thank you for joining me hey. this has been episode number seven yep seven of the documented podcast i'll see you next time guys goodbye